As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, this is Eric Curry from The Athletic and welcome to Jurassic Pod, where we have... You guessed it. Breaking news. Actual breaking news. Relevant breaking news, I should say. Uh, the rap- Baby breaking news. Uh, but breaking news. Yeah, yeah. Two-way breaking news. They, it breaks both ways. Uh, Shams Terania of The <laughs> Athletic. Thank you. Uh, reports that the Raptors have signed Jeff Doughton to a two-way contract. He joins Ron Harper Jr. as the Raptors' pair of two-way signees going into the season. Holly McKenzie uh, from her abode in Toronto. Hello. What are your thoughts? No time for pleasantries. <laughs> I have to say, I didn't get what, what you were saying. And then when I got the two-way joke, that was really funny. Um, yeah, no, uh, totally makes sense. I think we both kind of thought this would happen or thought it should happen. Uh, you know, best player for the Raptors in Vegas, I would say. Yeah. And yeah. Having a having a another extended look at uh, potential backup for Fred is uh, not a bad thing for the Raptors. Yeah, as John Hollinger wrote in his piece for the Athletic, subscribe to the Athletic. Um, subscribe to the Athletic. One of the coolest parts about summer league is seeing the not necessarily the draft, like the high draft picks or the you know the guys that are on your radar but sort of the developmental stories really have breakout sessions and that's what Doughton did for the Vegas Raptors mm-hmm. uh 16 points in four games 16 points 4.3 assists uh 57.1 shooting uh only two turnovers through the four games uh, 17 assists to two turnovers yeah. that's Calder- like Calderonian Calderonian <laughs> is what that is uh he's a 25 year old guard so a bit more experienced played all four years at uh, I believe Rhode Island uh if I am not mistaken uh last year he was very very good in the G League 22 games average mm-hmm. 20.9 points 6.6 assists uh to our previous point, 6.6 assists to just 1.3 turnovers. That's a uh, pretty spicy assist to turnover ratio and shot uh, mm-hmm. 43% on four three-pointers a game. Uh, what jumped out to me was sort of his his quickness that allowed him to get into uh, into the paint and really, you know, some 
was able to finish in there, which which isn't necessarily the strength of uh, the few Raptors guards that they do possess. Uh, what did you see out of Downton in Vegas that uh, you liked? Yeah, uh, I'm not trying to make a direct comparison here, but I am just going to say I was very upset that the Raptors didn't um, get in on the signing sweepstakes <laughs> of Gary Payton uh the second yeah uh you know that I love like undersized guards um that play a lot bigger than their size and similarly to you like he does not play like he's like 6'3 you know like he plays like a much bigger player uh like you said he's able to like create for himself and get inside and finish and that was really exciting and he's quite explosive so yeah I uh I really I was really excited about this news I kind of thought like okay guys like what are we doing like this should definitely be something that you take a look at uh but was really really happy that the news just um came out just before we hopped on the phone so uh i'm gonna say right now that i think he'll be on the team uh well gonna jump all the way ahead well yeah he's on a two-way contract so he has at least 50 games that he can spend with the team uh won't have to but i guess sorry sorry i mean like this is gonna be his beginning of like his... he will make a uh inroads into the you know rotation of to the being Raptors. on yeah, yeah, to yeah. being in the nba yes yeah, sorry that's or, what i meant yeah I did. got it you, you hear me get it got you it good me. uh yeah uh the only because of the way the cba is written the only thing mm-hmm. that really would have prevented this from happening is if they put the still unsigned christian coloco on a two-way contract, which usually mm-hmm. doesn't happen with second-round picks yeah. picked that uh, close to the first round. Uh, mm-hmm. So unless they saw somebody else they really liked at Summer League or trying to get somebody over from Europe, uh, on their team, certainly, Doughton was the guy who really popped. And he's also, like, the skill set is sort of a skill of need, that, you know, bucket-getting, quick guard, uh, you know, can maybe... In in olden days, we call him a bit of a tweener, mm-hmm. uh, but like I, I think that's less of a concern now, and he just provides some uh, electricity maybe in that backcourt. Uh, will certainly stabilize Raptors nine oh five when he's down there, but because of you know positional and and, and skill need, I, I like you. I think he has a chance to make an impact on the Raptors uh, this year. Uh, let's talk about the Summer League Raptors and Summer League as a whole. Uh, they went 4-1, and one, just missed by like 10 or 12 points getting into that championship game. Uh, congratulations to the Vegas Trailblazers, who are the recipients of the first ever Summer League uh, rings. Rings? Yes. Um, <laughs> good for them. I would have wanted a ring. If I spent that long in Vegas in the heat, I would have been like, all right, let's just yeah. go do this and let's get the ring. Uh, did you did you mention that Downton had... Uh, every time I say his name, I feel like I'm saying Downton Abbey. Yeah, there's like, definitely going to be a Matt Devlin Down- Downton Abbey uh, thing <laughs> going on this year. Um, That's off the boards in yeah. Vegas. You are not allowed to gamble on he, it because it's so likely. I feel like there's like a Murdoch Mysteries, Nick Nurse, Jeff Downton kind of crossover thing. Downton. Downton. Sorry, see, I always say Yeah, you want to put the N in there. I understand. I do, and I apologize. Uh, That's going to drive me nuts when when, uh, other people are doing it, and then I realize I'm doing it myself. uh, He really really is the next Fred Van Fleet. (laughs) (laughs) Emphasis on the Did you mention that he had had... 
a couple like he had a two way with yeah he started last year with golden state um and he he had a couple um 10 days didn't he last year yes he had i have this uh up somewhere uh he had some 10 days with uh he had call-ups with orlando and milwaukee last season too milwaukee yeah 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 so yeah so i i just think with guys like that that um that's like you kind of mentioned it but that's i think my favorite part of summer league is when guys who have just been grinding and like getting these little glimpses but haven't been able to quite maybe it hasn't been the right uh situation for the team or the right fit for the player or look at DJ Wilson last year who kept getting 10 days and then getting injured or COVID right after. Uh, sometimes just like random things happen and it doesn't really get to work out. But when a guy keeps getting that many little call-ups or starting on a two-way or whatever, I just feel like you just get, it's so exciting when they actually get the moment where they get to break through. And for him to have this really, really great showing at Summer League after an amazing season in the G League, it just feels like, and, and not to like, go back down the Raptors developmental. Uh, they rock. Raptors are great at developing players. We always talk about this. Uh, I just feel really happy for him because I feel like this is like his beginning. Like, I feel like he's going to be an NBA player now. Uh, and that's just his life now. And that makes me happy. Yeah, let's hope so. Obviously, lots of lots of directions. Well, I mean, two main directions. A two-way contract can go. <laughs> uh, but like, like I said, I think there's a a chance for him to make an impact on on the main roster uh given how the Raptors roster is uh is is looking which we'll get into in a little bit but let's just uh talk about summer talk league about to uh yeah. uh quickly we'll we'll hit on each of sort of the familiar names uh, of the relevant names for Raptors fans purposes uh no shout n- no shade to the people who uh played the majority of the game against Milwaukee on Sunday which the Raptors mm-hmm. won but uh a lot of a lot of those minutes were absorbed by guys who had been practicing with those uh familiar names uh but not playing very much for the Vegas Raptors so the the, the first piece of news out of Vegas was that Justin Champagne broke a bone in his yeah. left thumb and uh that kept him out of summer league you know Based on what he did last year, I thought he was a fair bet to get a guaranteed deal. Uh, this, uh, that's not, I'm not reporting that. I, I just sort of felt based on his trajectory that, that, that could be the way they go, especially if they were able to get a sort of more favorable, uh, longer term contract on that. Instead, they did sign him to a partially guaranteed, uh, two year or multi year deal. I, I believe it is two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we didn't get to see him, didn't get to see his progress, didn't get to see what he looked like. Uh, but he'll be figuring prominently in uh, training camp, uh, assuming all goes well with his recovery. Uh, I think, you know, not that he was the best player on the full floor, but for Raptors fans, you know, the draft picks are, are usually the most interesting guys. And this was your first look at Christian Coloco. Uh, what did you think, Holly? Yeah, uh, he's going to be really fun, I think. I'm sure it'll be like up and down. Um, I think that it's always funny when you see the guys who take advantage of um, not fouling out in Summer League with six fouls. Yeah. <laughs> the Summer League fouling rule. Uh, so there, I think there's definitely going to be like an adjustment period for him. And there's lots to like improve and work work on. But like defensively, yeah, he's fun. Uh, and he also was hitting threes. Like, yeah, he stepped in. He, I think I, he hit two. He stepped into a few more. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. don't think he hit one in Arizona. Um, 
Yeah, it was, I thought it was a largely positive showing from him. Like, you can see how strength is going to be important. He was sort of losing the leverage battle on the defensive glass a lot. And between, you know, trying to get in the way in the rim as as far as being Mm -hmm. a rim protector, but also needing to, you know, win that strength battle simultaneously to finish the possession, that's going to be a big thing for him. And so he's going to need to find a way to get stronger, especially in the base of his body, without jeopardizing, I, I mean, you know, if you have a seven five wingspan mm-hmm. and you just put your arms out, you're already mm-hmm. doing a pretty good job of of protecting the rim, but you certainly don't want to lose that uh leaping and ability to to make yourself as much of a you know deterrent as possible. He averaged seven point eight points, four point eight rebounds, and more than two blocks per game in his four and a half games or so. Uh I thought offensively, like beyond the shot, there you can see how teams are going to trap guards and dare him to make a play out of that, you know, four on three situation. And, and mm-hmm. that's certainly the, where he has to go, where he is the furthest to go, I think, but he did make an occasional like nice read out of that. And, you know, just as far as like a lob threat or a catch it up high and stay high and finish high, like we always saw with Jonas Valanciunas, um, I think he's got a little, oh. he's got a little there. JV. Yeah, no, I think that even coming into Summer League, uh, just watching like clips and highlights uh, of him from from college, you could see why the Raptors picked him. But then like especially after watching him this summer in in these games, it was really just like, oh, okay, yeah, totally get it. Like his defensive um, presence around the rim, his ability to block shots, not even block them, just change them (laughs) with the wingspan that you mentioned. Um, Yeah, to me extremely Raptors pick as we had said after the draft but yeah I I was excited I know that the numbers don't like pop out at you like as being super flashy but you see you get to see the things that he can do the things that he could become better at and most importantly I just think that it's it's a skill set that the Raptors have needed and now they have it so yeah he like he's a, a center not being asked to do much offensively other than you know set mm-hmm. a, the occasional screen hand the ball off and you know role uh and the the offensive numbers are never going to pop like that um but i think what he could do i I mean aside from the obvious areas of development the stuff that are his strengths looked like you know real skills and uh that's encouraging as he starts his career with the Raptors and Raptors 905, presumably uh, he will be in a, in very small specific roles. And I'd say, you know, you never want to judge too much on summer league, but I I'd say he's starting from a, a good place and with those skills. Uh, yeah. So he's still not signed. I'll get into that in a bit. Uh, the, I think the short reason is in case, there's a trade, a big, big trade, and somebody wants Christian Coloco a lot. Uh, you can't trade him once you've signed him for, I think it's six months or three months. Uh, can't mm. remember. So that's probably what an awkward situation for for. Well, you remember Andrew Wiggins was like too. that. And, I sure uh, do. <laughs> and he, I, I covered. I think I've told this story on the podcast. Uh, I covered an Andrew Wiggins summer league Cleveland Cavaliers mm-hmm. practice. Um, it was weird. Um, anyway, he never signed as a Cavalier. 
He was he was traded before he played. Um, anywho, let's talk about Delano. Uh, if there was a play, like this was the Delano Batten showcase, right? Like for the Raptors' purposes, mm-hmm. he was the guy who was you know given the longest leash, asked to do the most, and and was the biggest reason. Um, or sort of the most prominent player on the floor from a Raptors perspective. He led the team in minutes. He led the team in scoring. Uh, his averages end up being 6.3 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, 4.3 assists. Uh, concerningly, he had more assists than turnovers. <laughs> he, he had uh, 19 turnovers. He had more turnovers to, than assists. Yeah, 19, you yeah. thank you. <laughs> 19 turnovers to 17 assists. Uh I, you know, Listen, there was some... that does not concern me. Okay, it's summer go, league. Go with you're that. playing. <laughs> that does not concern me because it is summer league, as we have mentioned. You're playing with new teammates, different teammates, teammates that maybe aren't as adept at being where you're going to expect them to be, whereas your, you know, fellow teammates on the Raptors would know or would expect a pass to, to come. Um, and also Summer League, the interesting thing about Summer League, I think when it comes to evaluating talent and kind of keeping in mind, like getting excited about Summer League versus like not reading into things too much, is that it's also, it is a showcase and it's also an opportunity for players to show what they can do. So there's sort of this, I think it's really, really hard for point guards is basically what I'm trying to say, which um yeah, that doesn't really, I mean, it, it's not great. <laughs> I'm not psyched that he had 19 turnovers and 17 assists, but that part really doesn't um, bother me. I feel like I'm usually really impressed when guys can have a lot of assists. Like we were just talking about Dow 10. Uh, <laughs> did, was that better? Yeah, no, we're good. Um, and that was, that was the thing that stood out to me the most is because it's really difficult and impressive to rack up assists and to not have turnovers, which he did. But I feel like I'm usually way more impressed when that happens rather than shocked when it doesn't in summer league, even in G league sometimes, uh, just because you're not in, you're not with your normal team, teammates, different system, guys really trying to show what they can do. Um, different set of situation, different situation, different set of, um, what's the word I'm thinking of variables than, than in your NBA team makeup. So that didn't worry me. Uh, I thought he looked really good, honestly. Um, yeah. I, think I, I mean, was really glad that the thing that always troubles me with summer league, not troubles, but like makes it confusing <laughs> is like, it can be like, it can just be confirmation bias. It could be like, I went into summer league looking for these things and so long as he's doing those things, I can wave away the things that mm-hmm. would be concerning otherwise. Basically, you're just, you know, whatever you believed, Summer League will prove. Um, and I, so I'm just trying to be a bit more rigorous about that and say, like, yeah, it doesn't psych me when he was sort of driving into spaces <laughs> where there were no holes. But on the whole, uh, sorry to use hole in two separate uh, ways uh, in such a short Sent a short time span. It's it's not easy to speak. Uh, good thing I co-host a podcast. Um, <laughs> I thought he was really good, and, and most notably, he shot forty six percent from three. Yeah, uh, still, you know, I, I was watching him at, at one practice in Vegas at Del Sol High School. Um, I saw him and Ron Harper shooting, uh, like doing, you know, shooting threes, uh, five at a time, kind of like your three-point contest setup. And what's amazing is, like, even though Harper's 
form is so weird. He, he is a bit of the Sean Marion, not a total Sean Marion, but a bit of the Sean Marion, you know, starting from the waist going on. His form is way more consistent than Banton's, who's like, whose bottom half sort of is, is way less consistent and, and like his feet end up in, in different places. So like, color me a, a bit skeptical about that very small sample of threes, but he was certainly mm-hmm. confident taking them, which is mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is very important. And he was taking like good ones, I thought. And you know, at the end of the day, if they're going in, you're trending in the right direction. So I, I thought overall, like his ability in transition and his jump shot both make this a pretty positive turn for Delano. Yeah, I was really, really happy for him. Um, and also I mean, it's not a surprise that he played a ton of minutes, but it was just nice to get to confirmation bias, I guess. It was nice to see that happen for him. And I think the thing that I love watching him, I mean, watching him in transition is just so much fun because, my God, he just makes he just makes everyone else look so much slower than him because his strides are so long. <laughs> like he just gallops across the, the court, prances. What's the word I'm thinking of? What's a delicate like glides? I don't know. Glide, yes. Yeah. The opposite of gallop. I mean glides. He just gets from one end to the other and it just looks like it yeah. I, I, I just love watching him um in transition. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, I think I think it was I thought I thought he was very good and part of like the Raptors summer league team looking an awful lot like the Raptors NBA team stylistically was was him was him knowing mm-hmm. how they like to play knowing how they want to play and him imposing that style on the game uh which I think big picture is the most important thing is like here's a player you know, we can argue about whether he can be a point guard or not, but he was sort of setting the tone uh, for for the game's feel. And I think from a big picture standpoint, that's something that the Raptors and, and he will both take away uh, as, as a positive. Uh, quickly, uh, a few more familiar names uh, involved. Armani Brooks had a rough time shooting it. Uh, he shot 27.5% on 40 three-point attempts in four games. <laughs> Get him up, Armani. Yeah, the, yeah, wow. As, as I was just mentioning about people trying to really just, like, show what they can do in Summer League, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, didn't love the Raptors a game, half, sure. Didn't love the Raptors half court offense in general. Didn't think that like a lot of those shots were egregious, but he was taking them from the hash mark. Uh <laughs> and uh yeah, we'll we'll get as I said, we'll get into these uh contracts in a minute. DJ Wilson had a very big game against Miami, I believe. Uh mm-hmm. guy knows how to play. What any any thoughts yeah, on he's on awesome. Him? Yeah, like like uh, his numbers don't pop again. Ten point five points, five point three rebounds, one point five assists. But you could, you saw him. Fun- but doesn't he just feel like the perfect guy to slot in with the Raptors? And, like, and he, he just- functions like he functioned as a hub in the as of the offense for a while, like as more of a passing big. Uh, he mm-hmm. like could hit the what when his opponent was sort of lagging off him. 
He could hit the 16-footer. You saw, like, against Miami, he was hitting a bunch of threes, and, and that's obviously his swing, his swing skill because it allows him to space the floor for whether he's playing with a traditional center or guys like Pascal Siakam and, and Scotty Barnes who need as much space as possible to operate as playmakers. You know, having a big who can who can get out there and have has to be respected is huge. Uh, so he definitely knows how to play. The shot's going to determine how far he can mm-hmm. get, but the, there are no questions from summer league about like him knowing what to do out there. Uh, Ra- you could definitely tell that he has spent time with the Raptors um, organization. You know, like so you spoke you spoke about Delano and how he knows how the Raptors want to play. So does DJ Wilson, and I'm just really glad that he's around the team because I like him a lot. Uh, any thoughts on Ron Harper Jr.? First time seeing him as a Raptor, obviously signed to a two way contract. Yeah, uh, up and down. <laughs> uh, again, as is the way of summer league. Uh, really good defensively. Yeah, very offensively had his moments. Yeah, you know, very like, physical. I thought, like, I, I could see how he'd become a a strong defender, strong multi positional defender. Has that Raptors esque uh, uh, wingspan, which he pointed out to me when I was talking mm-hmm. to him one day. Um, Did he? Yeah, I, I was like, you know, I sort of pigeonholed him as like a more physical defender and more versatile because of that. He's like, well, I got the seven two wingspan. I'm like, ah, okay, well. Shows okay, me. do you know how cool it would be to be able to be like, well, I have a 7-2 wingspan. Yeah. If I had yeah. a 7-2 wing, well, if I had a 7-2 the- wingspan, I would look insane. Yeah. But, um. That'd be uh, problematic I would let everybody for, know that too. For shopping. <laughs> shopping purposes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he'll get some time to develop at, at Raptors 905. Uh, the shot mm-hmm. need, I, I mean, lots of players succeed with lots of different shooting strokes. He did get blocked once at like sort of the lower point of, of setup. It's not the point of release, but where he starts his motion closer to his waist. And it's tricky. You know, a guy's been playing basketball for as long as he's been playing and he's been playing a lot. He's the son of Ron Harper, the son of a, uh, a mother who played <laughs> at the uh, at university of new Orleans. Um, and so to, I'm not sure how much the Raptors will change his shot rather than, you know, fine tune it uh, and whether they think it's Mm -hmm. crucial to alter the shot, but certainly a a strange release and something they are going to have to think about. Because if you're reconstructing a guy's shot uh, on a two-way contract, like one season isn't isn't a ton of time. So what are you, what are your ultimate goals with this player? Uh, both for his well-being and for him to, you know, help your organization. That'll be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, but I thought he was fine uh, offensively. Again, it was it was pretty much the Jeff Doughton and Delano Banton show sprinkled in with mm-hmm. Armani Brooks taking every shot he could get. So there, it, it was it, Ron. <laughs> I love that though. Yeah, no, that's it's not like, even a hey, criticism. This is your shot. Yeah, like, like they you know? when he came to the Raptors, Armani Brooks, like they were telling him to take those shots, and mm-hmm. if anything, he was too reticent. So he learned his lesson. Um, um, he was a he being Ron Harper was really in that sort of off-ball wing role more. So it's hard to to know 
to one small thing that I thought he was really good at that I, that I saw mostly in the last game, Milwaukee. He was one of the few regulars who played a lot in that game. He had some great plays in defense, uh, in def- on defense in transition at the rim, uh, playing vertically. So we'll see if that plays up. Uh, but good instincts, as you would expect from somebody with that pedigree. Uh, finally, also speaking sorry, of speaking of the Hawks, sorry, I can see your faces. I interrupted. I didn't mean to. I meant to mention this from the top. It's still so freaking cool to me when uh when the Bucks are playing to see Lindell Wigginton. Yeah, Nova Scotia man, like like a kid from Nova Scotia just. On the team with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, not in Vegas, but like this season during the playoffs. Coolest thing ever to me. I love it. It makes me really excited and just feel like feel super proud because when I was growing up, that certainly wasn't a thing that happened in Nova Scotia. And how cool is it for him and his family? But also how cool for kids growing up in Nova Scotia or anywhere in Canada today where there are Canadians from your hometown just playing with MVPs. I think he led the. I think he led the Bucks summer league team in scoring. uh, And uh, yeah, he 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 was good. I'm not sure what his contract status is uh, going forward. um, As an expert, did you see who else was on the the Bucks team? Uh, Yeah, Dewan Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. Is that who you were thinking uh, of? I. That is who I was. That is who I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, I I just thought that was interesting. I always wonder. yeah. Fair what will fair. be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave, finally, David Johnson, second round pick last year, had a, a, it was not a very good summer league, shot 27% yeah. unlimited attempts, uh, only 18% from three. He's unsigned. Um, Raptors have matching rights as a, as he's uh, was on a two-way last year, uh, but they don't have to invite him to training camp. Uh, and I, I'm not sure what's going to become of him, but he certainly did not stand out positively in summer league. And uh, we'll see if they want to find a way to keep his, uh, his career going maybe as like an exhibit 10 or uh, find a way to Raptors 905, or if he needs a, a shot with a different organization or in a different league, but definitely not the summer league he was hoping for. And you can sort of, you know, he, he came off the bench uh, to start. So that's mm-hmm. usually not what happens with your, organizational priorities and uh yeah he had trouble getting into the flow of things mm-hmm. we'll see where they go from there that leaves the raptors in the following situation with their <laughs> roster as i open i like the tone of the voice to let us email. know we're getting into the nitty-gritty yeah here we go so with the news the breaking news that has been broken uh but <laughs> that uh Je- jeff Doughton is on a two-way contract. Both two-way spots are filled. Uh, unsigned, mm-hmm. Christian Coloco and David... As opposed to what you tweeted. Yeah, I, I, they were, I wrote that they were unfilled. They are actually filled by human <laughs> beings. Um, <laughs> Christian Coloco and David Johnson, both unsigned. And uh, yes. And then, so with the two-way spots filled... They have up to 15 roster spots they can carry into opening uh, mm-hmm. into the regular season. They can go up to 20 players for training camp, which is why they currently have more than the the 17, uh, the 15 plus two. Uh, but you need to be down to 15 regular roster spots plus two two-way players 
for training camp uh, or for re- the regular season. Opening night, yeah. Yeah. So on guaranteed deals, Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Pasc- uh, Precious Achua, Gary Trent Jr., Chris Boucher, Malachi Flynn, Thaddeus Young, Otto, Porter, Ken Birch, Svi, Mikhailuk, 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 Svi. <laughs> on partially guaranteed deals, Justin Champagny, Delano Banton, Armani Brooks, DJ Wilson. None of those four guys are eligible for two-way spots, which I wrote before they signed um, mm-hmm. Jeff Doughton, so it doesn't even matter anymore. So here's the way I see it shaken down. They have 12 guaranteed... Did you mention Malachi? Yes, I did. Um, and if I didn't... Did you I, did you know that he scored 73 points? Oh, there are, there are questions about it um, in, oh, in okay. the mailbag. Okay, I will... Um, <laughs> so here's the way I see it shaking out right now. Uh, of those 12 players who are guaranteed, I'd say 11 are not getting waived. <laughs> Slash will be on uh, among the up to 17 players that the Raptors have going forward. The one that mm-hmm. could be waived is Fee simply because he's on a minimum contract and was, uh you know, they had a whole season look at him and he failed to, you know, really stand out last year, couldn't find his spot with the team. So I would say more or less you are looking at a seven-way battle for, or a six-way, a seven-way battle for four spots, which is really, no, am I saying this right? Here are the players who need, uh, who need to sort of secure a spot. There's Svi, who has a spot, but I'm indicating it's not secure. There's Christian Coloco, who I would heavily, who I heavily believe will sign a guaranteed contract that will give Mm -hmm. him essentially Mm -hmm. that 13th spot. Um, So that leaves, uh, if you're, if we're counting Svee's spot as open. (laughs) We're making this extremely convoluted, but continue. If we're counting Svee's spot as open Mm -hmm. and we're counting Coloco's spot as more than guaranteed, there are, there are three spots for the following players. Svee, Justin Champagny, Delano Banton, Armani Brooks, DJ Wilson, and if they end up bringing him to camp, David Johnson. Right. I did it. Yes, I'm with you. I think Coloco will be a guaranteed contract. Uh, Not sure what's going to happen with Svi, but when I look at this uh, little race that you're mentioning, I definitely think that Delano and DJ Wilson will be on the team. Ooh, that's not where I would have gone with that. Were you were you going to go Champagne? I think Champagne and, and Banton are the two, not locks, but the closest things to locks in that uncertain group. And that leaves, to me, that leaves a likely battle between Svi and DJ Wilson. Uh... Mm-hmm. for the uh, final spot if they choose to have that spot occupied. Well, I didn't say that there wouldn't be three spots. I didn't say Svi would be here. I'm just saying of the uh, I, seven yeah, players. Just, just ranking in order of like how sure I am that they'll be on the team, I would put Champagne and Banton over Wilson, I guess is what I'm saying. 
Well, I think the team, I think the team signing, I mean, I know it's not guaranteed right now, but signing Champagny does show that they are invested in him and like what they've seen from him. And they should. He was really good last year um, amongst their younger players. Um, I think I just, my heart really wants DJ Wilson. I, it's not that I don't want Justin Champagne. I just love DJ Wilson and I like him as a Raptor. Um, well, they're yeah, not, yeah, they're not necessarily mutually, yeah, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. Delano, Delano Champagne and DJ Wilson are the three players that I think most likely of those that you mentioned would for yeah. sure. I think, yeah. And what we're saying yeah. basically is Armani Brooks and David Johnson are long shots to make the Raptors proper. But hey, uh, I mean, they could really like Brooks. I don't know. Like, That's true. We'll see. We'll see what happens he had his moments. at, at uh, training camp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he has a further guarantee that kicks in on August 1st, uh, three days before the Los Angeles Lakers can offer LeBron James an extent- contract extension. Uh Brief interlude, Holly. What did you think of Snubgate? Cool, cool, cool. What's Snubgate? LeBron and Russ not saying hi to each other. Oh, gosh. I was like, what are you talking about? I was thinking you were talking about the Raptors. Uh, What do I think about it? What is there to think? The NBA is hilarious. It's too much. It's it's honestly all too much. Like the coverage of LeBron at the Drew League this past weekend, too much. Suddenly the NBA is posting every video possible from the Drew League. Uh DeMar DeRozan is the true star of the Drew League. Let's uh let's not let's not get it twisted here. Um obviously really, really cool for the fans there that got to, you know, watch LeBron. Um up close. I thought it was really funny. Someone tweeted like, imagine you wake up on Sunday morning about to play pickup and then you learn you have to guard LeBron James. <laughs> and that was pretty funny because that would be kind of an insane moment. But honestly, the whole Lakers circus is just too much. It's too much. It's too much. Uh, Yeah. The drama got even uh, more dramatic, got heightened with, uh, <laughs> with Russ and his longtime agent Thad Fousier yes. uh, breaking up with uh, what his, a statement with from his agent basically saying my player is not listening to me <laughs> I <laughs> we can't do this anymore not that he was uh, <sighs> you know it sounds like it was mutual uh, <laughs> but uh, seems like Russ wants out and it seems like he might not know how difficult that is going to be for the Lakers Listen, you know what's going to happen? Russ is going to end up in New York with the Knicks. I'd like as a buy, as a guy who's been bought out. Who knows? <laughs> I just what other way is this going to end but but Russ ending up as a New York Nick? Um Can't you see that? Well, after signing Jalen Brunson and possibly trading for Donovan Mitchell, I think that would be terrible. Uh for, well, for hey, them. but like the yes, being terrible hasn't I'm not saying hasn't stopped the Knicks from doing things before. Um, not to get oh, like I thought they had a fine summer. Um, but yes, it would be or very let's have, let's have, be very on brand. Let's have Russ and KD reunite and 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 yeah. Uh, I just want there to be drama everywhere else but Toronto. At yeah. this point, you, you, now that things have like calmed down on the like 
Katie to Toronto talks. Like we're in a very different place than we were when we did this pod two weeks ago. It feels like yeah. was it two weeks ago? I don't even know. Two weeks ago. Now uh, I'm just ready for it to be you, to be drama for someone else. You just want to see the world burn around you, not uh, not and not, not the <laughs> no, actual world, which is uh, which no, is actually burning. No. That's good. Um, I I, f- I just feel like I I invested a lot of emotion into the thought of if Katie comes here, the, the positive. Kevin Durant being a Raptor with the negative having to let go of like really good players. Uh, And now I think I'm just like, all right, like, let's just, let's just, that's not happening. So Uh, yeah, the latest on that front on on Monday, Adrian Wojnarowski of uh, Uspin reported that uh, the Nets want Scotty Barnes and the Raptors don't want to trade Scotty Barnes. So uh, (laughs) that's where where they are for now. Uh, (laughs) We went over this last time. I'm not going to get into, uh, why it would be so difficult for the Raptors to make a trade with him again beyond the fact that Scotty Barnes is uh, 21 and really good. Or actually 20, turning 21 in August, I believe. Um, anyway, that seems to be on the back burner right now, especially with... Uh, Can I just tell you how much it warmed my heart that Raptor players, former Raptor players, were <laughs> tweeting and posting on Instagram in defense of Toronto after the Broussard comments about Toronto? Uh, Loved that. Yeah. Um, well, that guy is, uh, an interesting fellow. Uh, yeah, Phoenix is now sort of, kind of, out of the Durant sweepstakes, not really, but with DeAndre Ayton, uh, signed, uh, on the offer sheet and then Phoenix matching, he can't be traded. So it feels like we might get into a bit of a staring contest, uh, with Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets, uh, which don't does not make me feel f- great about possibly going to a place with no Wi-Fi in August. But uh, look, where are you going? Uh, in places you don't need to know about. Um, places the, pu- oh, the, the wow. places the public doesn't need to know about at least. Um, okay. uh, we can okay. ta- we can talk after the podcast. Um, just teasing us. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. There's just no Wi-Fi. Um, uh, yeah. Now you've ruined my train of thought. Thanks. Um, you don't feel good about going to a place without Wi-Fi with the staring contest. I think this is going to last a while. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It could. Well, could the interesting veer thing on, with this is that, like, to, uh, training camp. Go on. I feel like everyone thought, and rightfully so, that the Nets would not want to start a season with a distraction with a player that doesn't want to be there. But who knows? By by um, training camp, Durant could decide. Hey, I want to be here. Or at, or at least, like, I want to play enough that if I'm here, I'm here. I've done what I can in this right. situation. I'm not going to, you know, sit out and for, forfeit money. Be a distraction or, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll be a distraction. Um, if he didn't, really didn't want to be a distraction, he <laughs> wouldn't have made the trade request. Uh, uh, but, uh, or, you know. But maybe his, he his thought agent, that, that Let's be clear. His quickly. agent made a trade request. It is right, not allowed right, for right, players right. to make trade requests publicly. I love the NBA. Well, there is truly no league like it in any way. Um, so I think we're going to be in, in it for a while. I think the Raptors have a package that they could offer that would be competitive. But, you know, Kevin Durant is great. Brooklyn, you know, smartly wants to drag out the market and see what how the situation develops. And it's just really tough to come to a fair price for a player who is this great. Do you see any situation? Do I, do I do you see any situation where the Raptors would 
trade Barnes. I'm not going to rule it out, but okay. like we said, I, I don't think it's going to happen. And this sort of mm-hmm. segues into my next conversation about Donovan Mit- Mitchell. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen because they basically have to trade Barnes, OG, and Gary Trent to make the trade work. And at that point, yeah. it's just like you have too many holes to fill all of a sudden. Like, it, the the Raptors, in my mind, can't afford to trade two of Pascal... Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi. That's not to say that Kevin Durant is not worth two of those players. I'm just saying the Raptors, as currently constructed, would fail to be that top tier championship contender if they did make that sort mm-hmm. of trade. So then you're losing the whole point of making the trade. Um, Donovan Mitchell has also the the Utah Jazz are exploring conversations, trade conversations. They're not simply just picking up the telephone and whipping it at the wall when when calls are coming from other teams about uh, Donovan Mitchell, as they were before. Uh, they are picking them up and listening. The Raptors haven't been on. The Raptors haven't been in the center of this conversation, but for the same reason, they, you know, make some sense for Durant. They could make some sense for Donovan Mitchell. And now let me say to you my theory about why this isn't going to happen, other than it's just, you know, these trades are unlikely to happen. I can't think of two front office decision makers who are maybe less equipped to make a <laughs> trade with one another than Masai Ujiri and Danny Ainge. The compromising part would uh, would be... They just value the same yeah. things and... So much. So much. And obviously both drive a very hard bargain in terms of trade negotiations that, you know, we've seen what Utah sort of expects out of their superstar trades by the Rudy Gobert trade. I don't think the Raptors are going to be offering up a, you know... 46 three three picks two pick swaps and all of their depth or you know Mm -hmm. og plus three picks whatever however you want to make that trade i don't think that's like how masai ujiri is wired and that's clearly what danny ainge is looking for so i just i i've i've always thought they were sort of similar in their thinking as front office decision makers uh they've never made a trade together uh, before, although they shared the same division before the uh, and the same conference, they no longer do. I actually think Mitchell would be a very interesting fit in Toronto because uh, I, I mean he, he certainly doesn't fit in in the way you would think defensively. But you know that sort of like shifty bucket getter can get into the heart of the paint is, is sort of the one thing, not the one thing, but a huge thing the Raptors are missing. But I just, I can't see them making a trade. I, I can't see those two guys coming together unfair on what they consider fair value in this big of a trade. Right. Thoughts? Well, I think, I think you, you kind of, I think you kind of like nailed it when you mentioned that they've kind of already set the standard for what they're expecting in trades for their superstars. When you look at the Gobert trade, I just can't imagine I mean, we both talked about that two weeks ago, and we both said, "Hey, he's really great," but ooh, I wouldn't. I don't. I would not want to give up 
so, so much of the future, you know? Uh, so I just can't see that happening. I just can't. And that's why those teams, you know, whether it's the Knicks or whether not for Mitchell necessarily, but whether it's the Pelicans or the Thunder, whenever they decide to start, you know, trying to be good, those teams mm -hmm. with the extra draft picks where you can trade more of them and still have your share left, you're sort of in the stronger position to go get a player like this than For a sure. team who is pick neutral, like the Raptors are. Um, and especially with a front office that values internal development so much, you know, three pick, draft picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three picks feels a lot different to the Raptors than it might feel to a team that has uh, not had as much success in that front. Like, say, the New York mm -hmm. Knicks. Gosh, there's a stat, and now I can't remember it, so I shouldn't even be bringing it up. Oh, uh, the Knicks about re-signing a second. Yes. Yeah, I think the Knicks haven't signed re-signed a first-round pick to a second deal. So it, was it Charlie Ward? Was he the player? It. I think it might have been Ward. It was actually, it was like just wild to think about. Former Heisman Trophy was winner, it? Charlie Ward. The Heisman Trophy is in football, Holly. Is that true, though? Yeah, he won the, he was the quarterback for Florida State. <laughs> That's wild. I did not know that. I kn I knew what the award was, but I didn't. I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. Re retroactive. You know what I learned this week while watching the World uh, Track and Field Championships? Yeah. We. Uh, by the that, way, like, we are veering. We are veering into nonsense time. Uh, in case. Uh, no, we'll have some questions still. We should get into some questions. But what did you learn before we get into some reader questions? Sorry. Don't uh, watching the Track and Field World Championships, uh, the steeple... Steeple chase? Chase? Yes. Jumping Sorry. in some water? It was my first time... It was really... It was like my first time really like trying to learn that, which... Crazy. Crazy um, event. Uh, I learned that one of the most famous uh, female... Uh, what's the term? Steeple Athlete, steeplechaser, athlete, steeplechaser. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know I if that's the term, right. but uh, yeah, you know what it. I'm saying. So one of the most famous athletes, female athletes, to do the steeplechase is Delilah from the song "Hey There, Delilah." Oh, I did not. I knew that Delilah was famous, um, and I, that's wild. I didn't know that, and then it made me think. Oh, I would not want a song. I wouldn't want to be the person in the song. But maybe that's I think that the guy from that is. band, when he was nominated for that song, brought Delilah to the Grammys. Um, even though they're oh, they're wow. not so they're like they're not so together. They're like, like they, he, I think she. But like they're on good terms. Yeah, they're doing well. He and that's good. That's really cool. Plain, as, as long as it's like a good terms thing and not like an awkward uh, leave me alone thing. That's cool. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was really uh, that was a moment of of pop culture I did not know. Uh. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't know that either. Con congrats to Delilah, steeple chasing, uh, steeple chasing for for money and glory, and and for just the love of the running yeah. and splashing. Um. <laughs> also, everyone should should watch the track and field this week. Uh, we are cheering and rooting uh, and supporting Damian Warner uh, in a decathlon this weekend because holy hell, that is the craziest event in any sporting discipline ever defending gold medalist and canadian athlete of the year um damian he's warner. awesome he's, and a huge raptors fan huge raptors yeah, fan. we we stand damian warner here uh 
Sean Conrad asks, what are the chances Malachi Flynn scores 73 points in an NBA game this ah! year? Sean, you are my man. I'm so glad you, you asked that question. Uh, because as you know, Eric, I'm always going to bring up a chance. I'm always going to take the chance to bring up Malachi being awesome. Um, don't think that's going to happen in, <laughs> in his NBA career ever. Uh, but I'm going to use this opportunity to say that, yeah, I think that we saw glimpses of Malachi uh, playing better at the end of the season when he was getting time and having an awesome, you know, summer league, not summer league, but summer pickup league. Pro-am performance. Pro-am league, sorry. Uh, It's awesome. He gets to play with a lot of players that he knows and admires and gets to just be around other pros and former pros who can give him advice and talk to him. And it's just good for the confidence. And I think that's really important after he had a season like he did, where I'm sure it was hard on the confidence to have your minutes kind of disappear and fluctuate wildly. So 73 points, absolutely not. Um, I would love to eat a hat if he did score 73 points. Um, but yeah, let's go Malachi. Um, I don't think he's scoring 73 points. No thoughts? Uh, over under highest scoring game this season, 27 and a half. Over or under? So I'm guessing if they're under 27 will his top Will his top score, points? yeah, will his top scoring game be 28 or higher or 27 and lower? Lower, but more, like, lower, but a consistent, um, lower amount. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. He'll find a role, basically, and he'll contribute more often. Speaking of that, speaking of that, I'll take under, too. Um, What's your over or under? I set the line. I I set the line at 27 and a half, and I take under. If I had to guess what his season high will be, I'll say 24. Um, Ashley. Okay on this note, asks, how do you feel about the backup point guard situation? And, related, do you think Fred Van Vliet's minutes can go down without improvements to his backups? And, or, do you think it's possible the team might still trade for a backup point guard? This was before mm. the Jeff Doughton uh, two-way <laughs> signing. And and as we, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, the world has shifted underneath our feet uh, since then. Uh, mm-hmm. but the question stands, Holly. Yeah. Uh, I do think his minutes will come down just because after this year, uh, regardless of what people say publicly, I think everyone kind of knows, um, if you don't have a healthy Fred in the postseason, you know, what are you doing? Even, What's the point? You even, are you, are you even in the, are you even in the forest? Did the tree even fall down? Um, Sorry. Uh, oh, <laughs> so it took me a second there. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I guess I, the I question is, that, how do they go about lowering his minutes? Uh, like, who, ste- yeah, who steps in uh, and do they need to, like, more outside help to step in? No, I think that, like, we saw, we talked about Delano. Um, I think we will see, I'm assuming that Delano will be on the roster. And on the team and playing I would guess so too. with the Raptors and not in Mississauga, but in Toronto. So that's, I think there you have Delano. Uh, we just talked about Malachi. I may be um, on my own here, but I do think that Malachi will 
at least have like you know the opportunity to like prove himself through training camp and preseason and the start of the season um and then we did mention the two-way signing of Dow 10 um and i think that a combination of that um and just the team being really versatile and flexible will mean that fred will get more rest i do i i just i just think that i don't really i don't really see them doing a trade um do you i think last year was so much about getting to the playoffs and getting them experience Mm -hmm. that they understood that maybe leaning on fred not that everybody was like play fred until he is turned into dust not that that was true but they that was sort of the goal. And now that, not saying internal growth is guaranteed, but now that they have maybe a bit more faith in the in the core as it's constructed, they will prioritize keeping the the load to a more reasonable level this managed. year. Yeah, the load will be managed, but not necessarily in classic load <laughs> managing ways, if you get right. my drift. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. I think... You know, I think Pascal and Scotty Barnes are the backup point guards on this team. I, that's not yeah. to say that that Malachi Flynn doesn't have a chance to earn a spot in the rotation, or Delano Badton doesn't, or that Jeff Doughton can't find a role in there. But I think those guys, what they're able to develop off the ball, will be as crucial to... Uh, to their getting that playing time as to what they're able to do on the ball because those are the three guys, including Van Vliet, that will have the ball in their hands the most often. So that's... Well, especially Pascal, because we saw that toward the end of the season. Uh, His assist numbers went way up um, the last couple months of the season, and then especially when Fred wasn't playing. um, It kind of just naturally was Pascal, so yeah. Uh, Aldo Miha asks... How could Nurse sell Gary Trent uh, on a sixth-man role in order to start Precious Achua? Would that be better for us? We certainly don't want to lose Gary Trent by benching him. Um, I don't know. Do do uh, clutch sports clients ever get upset about their roles on teams, Holly? <laughs> you want to touch that one? Uh, <laughs> what a laugh. Um, Honestly, I feel like with Gary, you would never want him to say, oh, yeah, I'm cool being a sixth man. I'm cool coming off the bench because part of what makes him so good is his like competitive edge and hunger, you know. Um, But I I don't want someone to want to be coming off the bench. Yeah. Uh, But I think that if the team was playing better, um, I do think I just think that Gary might not like something, but if he sees the results um, I do think there's a level of buy-in and he's a player that even if he doesn't like something uh, personally, if the team is winning or it, it's making sense, I I think that we need to give him a little more credit to to buy in. And I, I, I mean? yeah, and I would say that potentially bringing him off the bench means you're separating him a bit from the biggest playmakers and, and usage he actually guys. gets more and maybe he gets to do a little bit of not just shooting but maybe he gets to do a bit more distributing and work on mm-hmm. that part of his game and, and get the reps there so uh i think that achua is probably the better option to start for them mm-hmm. um just because i i don't 
want Pascal and OG and Scotty Barnes taking on more than they need mm-hmm. to of that, you know, physical banging against the bigger players. Uh, a, a lot of that will depend on how Precious's shot is looking to start the year and, and mm-hmm. how much of a, a a blip that was or wasn't in the second half of the season. Obviously, the Raptors hope it, it's a sign of things to come. Uh, but those are the reasons I would hope Precious is able to grab that spot more often than not. I, I'm also not of the mind that you have to have a set starting lineup. And, you know, Nick Nurse always says that he's not of the mind that you have to have a set starting <clears throat> lineup. And then he has a set starting lineup and he's like, well, it's not <laughs> what I believe in, but this is what I do, uh, which is a whole different story. Um, but I think there is an element to sell uh, on... Uh, uh, of that, you know, expanding your role when you're not always sharing the floor with, you know, these guys mm-hmm. who are huge parts of what we do, uh, that you could sell to Gary Trent, who might be going into a uh, free agency year if he opts out of his player option. Uh, final question. Thank you to everybody for the questions. Can't get to them all. Uh, perhaps I will address some of them in a mailbag to come. Uh, Listen, we should just do a question episode where people can ask about the Raptors or other things. That would be maybe, fun. Maybe we'll do that. Um, but uh, last question for today, then. Uh, All of my ideas, you just you push them well, off. Well, maybe. I'm also thinking about my own content. I'm also thinking about my own content. I have to, I have to uh, <laughs> produce... In words and in uh, spoken words, in writing and in uh, podcast form. Yes, yes. It, but it's like when a parent tells a kid something that absolutely is not going to happen. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Or maybe. I'll think about it. <laughs> That's what I feel like whenever I'm like, Marvel episode, maybe. I have a joke that I... Formula One episode, we'll I have see. a joke that anyway. I can't say, but uh, remind me after the podcast and I'll uh, I'll tell you about it. And Gosh, laugh. stop doing um, this to the people who are kind enough to listen. Continue. They love me. Uh, Dames asks, who are the top three Raptors you are eager to watch next season? Oh, me? Yeah. Sorry, I just like zoned out. Top Thanks. three Thanks Raptors. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Obvi- <laughs> Obviously... Sorry, I was actually thinking. Anyway, whatever. Uh, Scotty, obviously. Um, Coloco, obviously. And for me, Delano. So he better be on the team. Uh, my top two are Scotty and Precious. Uh, Wasn't the- oh, okay. Precious Achua. My third? Yes. You know, love to see a healthy OG Ananobi. Yeah, that would be great. Also, are we allowed to talk about Rico Hines or no? Um, that was a question that was asked. Um, the Raptors haven't officially named Is he him with, like, yet, but he was with the team okay. in Vegas. I expect that he will be involved with the organization going forward. I have reason to believe that is the case. Not officially a member of the Raptors. I'm pretty sure yet. it's on his Instagram well, that I he mean, says he, he's an he, assistant coach. Is it on the Raptors masthead? Their equivalent of a masthead. <laughs> no, but I'm just, I don't want to make it sound like we're just jumping to He's going to be working for the Raptors like some in some, in some, uh, some capacity. capacity. We don't saying. know exactly what that capacity is. And the Raptors haven't formally so acknowledged it. Yeah. Pascal Siakam. It would, it would be really exciting to see, to see Precious and, and Rico and what, what could come from that. Since you mentioned being really excited to see Precious, I would be excited to see Precious after a summer working with Rico Hines. Yeah. 
because we've seen what he's been able to do um, for Pascal and some of the other Raptors. I just wasn't sure. I, I didn't think it was announced, but... Yeah, no, I looked into um, that while I was I in Vegas, and uh, that is what I'm okay. able to say. <laughs> All right. Well, assuming he is... Whatever comes of this season, he was with the Raptors this summer, so we can assume he was working with Raptors players. So I am going to assume he was working with Precious, and that is exciting to me. Uh, anything you want to talk about, Holly? Get off your chest? Non-Raptors related? Mm, nah. Uh-uh. I just want the trades to be done so I can like feel good about this. This is what it is. This is... This is who's going to be here, you know? I don't like uncertainty, and I really don't like it when it's potentially having to say goodbye to people. I say saying goodbye as though, like, they're my friends and I would actually get to say goodbye as opposed to just weeping about it at home. But, you know. Yeah. Um, well, then we don't have to talk about anything else. We'll, uh, we'll wait and see. We're in... We're in- <laughs> Oh, we're in, we're in very waiting. upset about the Jays firing. Well, that's Charlie what I was sort of asking you about, but it feels like we're a week removed from that. And uh, to bring up the negative, well, just the negative. I okay, go. You go on. I'll. I'll. What? Tell me how. Sit down, Holly. Tell me your thoughts. <laughs> no, I just it really disappointed me. I don't think he's the reason why. The team has had struggles this year. I would say it's more injury um, than, or maybe even just roster related, but I don't think it is, is his doing. And I really hated the timing of it. Like I hated the timing of it. And I just feel bad because I really like him. And I think I would feel bad at any point because I do genuinely think he's a really good and cool person in sports. Um, But I was really bummed. I didn't like it. I get all no shade to like anyone taking over yeah, yeah. and any of that, but just like I get all the reasons it happened. Uh, I largely look. It's baseball. It's rarely the manager's fault. Like mm-hmm. m- even more so than other sports. Like it's even less the manager's fault in baseball than it can be the coach's fault in basketball or or certainly football. Um, but a the timing. With uh, the death of Mark Budzinski's daughter uh, and the funeral being two days earlier, um, that is tough, obviously. I mean, it's a bottom line business, but uh, I don't even know whether I think that makes it more wrong or it just makes it more, it certainly makes it more of a downcast note. Um, But yeah, like I... It really bothers me that, you know, you can't fire all 25 players, so you fire the coach. Like, I think even that, if that is the thing that happens, and I understand that that's the thing that happens in baseball and pro sports in general, it's still a dumb thing, and we it doesn't need to happen. Um, and, and, you know, the, if you've read a lot of the reporting, uh, maybe some of the players weren't comfortable with the tone he was striking in the locker room. Uh, I look at a roster that has not performed very well in terms of guys, you know, living up to their own expectations, which they have set before and think that if you're looking at a manager for not setting the right tone, uh, to explain that away, you're going to be looking for a while. Uh, so that's, what's disappointing to me is that like, the stupid thing that always happens happened, and it really doesn't 
address what has gone wrong. And I think why things have yeah, I think the Jays will like make some acquisitions at the trade deadline, blah blah blah. And I know I'm not talking about the person like who I you know grew to like watching. Like I don't know anything about him. I've never been in a scrum with him, but you know I've I, I think he's been all right as a manager, but. You never want to see somebody fired just because, you know, things aren't going the right way and he's the easy fall guy, but he was the easy fall guy. And it's just kind of gross. That's sports. I get it. I'm I'm not saying, you know, he didn't in a way sign up for this when he saw, you know, he became the coach of a still developing team three or four years ago, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah, sports in general, it's just kind of a crazy thing that when you're a coach, you or a manager, whatever term you want to use, um, you kind of know that if things don't go right, you're the first well, to it, be Well, you know what it reminds and you're me the of? the last, like... Re- sorry, it reminds me of the Kenny Atkinson situation in Brooklyn, where, like, right. everybody realized this is a... And it's not quite the same, because as I said, like, a basketball coach's strategy... And, and like, is way more important than a baseball manager is way more important and, and can, like, can affect the outcome way more than a baseball manager is. But, like, Kenny Atkinson was this guy who, like, by all accounts, was doing a very good job developmentally helping the Brooklyn Nets grow into this, like, very good organization that was in a position to do what they did a few off-seasons ago. Regardless of the result, you have to say, like, that they started from a very crappy place and built the organization into one that was well received and he was sort of fired as that team was starting to consider itself ready to make the next step and maybe he wasn't you know completely on board with the players they'd brought in and and there was some level of and you you ultimately choose the players in that side and that's the way it goes but it it feels like in terms of the timelines of the franchises, if that makes sense, it was very similar. And like, I didn't like that firing. It left me with a bad taste in my mouth, given the work that had been put in prior. And that's how I feel about this, more or less. You know what I love? I love um, the way Rick Carlisle, who's the head of the Coach- Coaches Association, I love how he comes out <laughs> and supports his fellow coaches whenever um you know a firing or reshuffling happens you can always count on him to support his guys and that's one of my one of my things that i really do love about um you just know with certainty i love things that are certain and you know he's going to come out and 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 uh, publicly support the coaches and i appreciate that i love things that are certain how's it going in 2022 holly yeah yeah it's uh it's gonna be 2023 soon and that will mean that there's been three years of just uh not good (laughs) that's not great thorough toilet bowl action um let's end it there uh maybe we'll do a mailbag episode (laughs) great Great, guys yeah let's uh, let's commit to it we're gonna do a mailbag episode next week before going on hiatus i will I'll look back at these questions, uh, but also get your questions at, uh, I'll put out a call for them, uh, but get your questions into us and we'll do one and uh, say goodbye to you uh, people for the summer unless there's big news 
that I have to... Uh, Unless there's a breaking mm, Well, there is going to be breaking news next week. You know it. Uh, what it will be, you do not know. <laughs> uh, but until then, so start thinking on those questions. Uh, enjoy the weather. It's very hot. Holly, don't complain. And uh, we'll see you next week. Holly, thanks as always for joining me. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. See ya!